headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show on Ramsey Networks. Great podcast that's out there is my co-host today. And uh, we'll be talking about your life and your money. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Michelle's in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, um, I am on Baby Steps 4, 5, and 6. I have two kids. I've worked for this particular company for 12 years. Um, I'm not married yet engaged to my children's father for a very long time. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, recently the company I work for offered me um, one share ownership. Um, And I guess my question is, is this something I should do? If it is something I should consider, what what do I need to look for? Um, And... If it is something I should do, should I pay? How should I pay for it? All right. <laughs> uh, have they given you a price? Yes. What's the um, price? The price is uh, $76,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have $76,000? I do. Okay. That's good. All right. And um, so then uh, I assume this is a small business of some kind. Um, yes. And so one share doesn't matter. And, you know, what matters is how many other shares are there. Uh, so what do, I'm sorry. Um, there's 110 total. shares. Yes. Okay. And you're going to have one. Yep. Just one. Just get my foot in the door. Okay. And, um, the other uh, 109 are owned by who? Um, uh, currently, eight other people, um, and they offered the same deal to 10 people total. Okay. What's the gross revenues of this company? Um. have that somewhere I, I would have to find that number exactly. are they trying to expand the executive leadership or are they trying to do a cash raise by getting their employees to put some money on the table um, they presented it as a um, you know like a reward for service and for the people that are aging out of ownership, you know, they want to retire, um, some new blood to essentially fill their spot. Yeah. Okay. So is this company doing 20 million a year profit? I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Well, to start with, we need to put a value on your share, all right? In order for your share to be worth $76,000, if there's 110 other ones like it, um, that's $76 million. 
and uh, in gross revenues, or in, I'm sorry, in profits. Um, and so your share, uh, then it would be about a fourth of that would have to be what the profit is to be to value this company. For this company to have a $76 million prof value, it would need to have a $20 million um, uh, net profit somewhere in that range. Okay. Otherwise your okay. share is overvalued. And I really smell the loosey goosey way this is handled is that they stuck a wet finger in the air instead of actually did a valuation. I think they just said, oh, let's see if we can get some people to buy it at that. You know, I don't really know that there's some math behind this. There might be, but you they, can. Well, they did have um, an independent accounting firm provide a valuation. Oh, okay. All right. Then I, re- yeah. I, then I was wrong. Okay. And <laughs> so based on that, your one 110th is worth 76000 according to them. Okay. Now, all of that to say. If you were to buy this share, here's the downside. You're what's okay. called a minority shareholder. Your right. vote does not count because a couple of those guys get together that hold all the shares and they make all the decisions. Okay. So you have absolutely no power over how the business is run, whether it is sold, whether we can a product line, put a product line in place. Uh, whether we borrow $20 million at the bank tomorrow, uh, whether we fire key employees, you have absolutely no power from this ownership position. None. The same you've got, the same you've got today. Point being, they could destroy the value of the company. If they not prop, they probably wouldn't do that to themselves on purpose, but they could do it with decisions that you don't agree with. Okay. And then your 76000 is going to be worth nothing. So you're in a powerless position. So I do not ever personally buy into minority shareholder positions. I want at least 51% ownership. Uh, in my case, I don't even do partnerships, so I would just buy the company if I was doing it. But, um, but, so, but, but in your case, you are powerless against bad decisions or unethical decisions because you are not just because you're an owner, you don't have any any percentage of ownership that gives you power does that make sense yes so that's a very very scary thing the upside right. is obviously that if the company continues to grow and it has obviously done very well at some point in the past uh, if it continues to grow your seventy six thousand could become worth a lot more later what are the buyout provisions if you wanted to leave um that i would have to research okay um, yeah, so I'm imagining, imagine this person you've been dating forever decides, ah, I don't want to be married and you end up moving across the country and get a different job. How do you unload this thing? Yeah. How, how do they value your share and how do they buy it? Uh, okay. That's very important because you do want to yeah. get your 76,000 back. Well, well, yes, you would, you would. In that situation, I would get the value back, but it would be 10 years before I did. It's got a 10-year vest, or they have 10 years to pay you back? 10 years to pay me back. Don't do this. Don't do this. You have no power, and you have two. it's so illiquid you can't get your money out. No. You're okay. one one hundred and tenth. That's a pretty low on the totem pole. It's almost like buying a CD with no yeah. guaranteed rate on it. Well, and you can't get your years. money out for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no. 
I, I, I wouldn't do it. I would stay away from it. It's not, it's not palatable to you. It is not a benefit. They're trying to create a benefit, and it's not. It, you, you're better off put your 76000 in mutual funds and just rock on. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Our question of the day comes from Neighborly. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly is the place to find reliable help for your home and trusted local businesses like Glass Doctor, Mr. Appliance, and Mr. Handyman. Visit Neighborly.com today and find home experts that are available to serve you. All right, today's question comes from Jerry in Florida. Jerry writes, my wife and I are debt-free besides our mortgage, and I'm having a tough time combating a family member who happens to work in wealth management. Oh, geez. This family member believes that using credit cards and paying them off is a great tool to build credit. This family also believes that using a credit family member also believes that using a credit card is better than cash because of the rewards different cards give you, miles, cashback, etc. With this member working in finance, they are more informative than I am when it comes to managing money, but after listening to you for so long, I can't wrap my head around what they're saying as the best option to build wealth. What's the best way to have a discussion with this family member that I can stop feeling pressured? Whoa. (laughs) Uh, I love you, and I don't agree with you, and we're not going to be able to be around each other if you don't shut up. How's that? <laughs> or, or, hey, man, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm just not into using credit cards. And I know there, there's, I've heard there's some great things, but I'm just not into using them. But I appreciate it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You don't get a vote. Yeah. Don't get a vote. He, he's just a dupe. He happens to be in your family, but he's a dupe. Yeah. And most people have dupes in their families. And you just, I have family members that vote the wrong way. I'm not going to discuss politics with them because they don't know how to vote. They're not hey, good at it. And let's, 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 let's look at um, his family member. Using credit cards and paying them off is a way you build credit. If you care about credit, then that's a thing. And if you think that credit is going to cause you to build wealth, which is an interesting dichotomy because most millionaires don't believe that. Correct. Now, little dude in the wealth management business believes that, but he's 26 and has an MBA. So he's correct. I'm just opting out of that system. Can if you, you want to build credit, yeah, but building credit's not a method to build wealth. No, it's a waste of, yeah, it's so a build, fun way. Unless to, you're wanting to build wealth for the bank. It's, a, it's a fun way to run around in a circle and make other people rich. Um, can you, can you get rewards from using credit cards yes i have chosen in my house with my family to opt out of a system because my flights are not free 
The person who pays for my flights is a single mom who can't make her payments, who somebody said, if you use this little plastic card, it'll get you till next week. And she's buying my flights, and I refuse to let the people in the margins pay for crap my family's doing. I'm I'm opting out of that system. The number of millionaires in the largest study of millionaires ever done that said they made their money on cashback rewards and airline miles is precisely zero. Zero, none. None of them. No millionaire ever said... I became wealthy with airline miles. And That's the, just dumber and crud. But it, it's 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 different. I mean, it's not different. It's people think they're they're beating the system, but also the way those points are presented as though the bank or the gas station is hooking you up. These flights are helping you out because you're bros now. They're not. They're not your friend. They're not your friend. But here, you know, the overall answer to the, how do you deal with the pressure from a dube family member is simply this. Those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still, my grandmother used to say. So you're not going to be able to argue with him enough to where he quits being a doob because he is a professional doob. I mean, he's just a doober, okay? And so you can't talk to him. You can't talk him out of being who he is. You can't present enough information that he's going to change his mind. There's not going to be an argument about it. And so – just the, so once you realize you're not going to be able to change him, he's not going to be able to change you. Then the best thing we can do, if we want to remain on good terms, is not talk about the subject. Correct. Because I'm just going to get pissed off at you. And let's think of the word pressure. Pressure comes from two sides. There's got to be a bottom to it, and it's got to be compressed. I I don't allow people to provide pressure, put pressure on me, because I don't feel like my back's up against the wall. I'm not going to engage in the conversation. I'm going to walk away from you. Right. Yeah, the first time I had this, I had a guy that was a car dealer that was a Christian, and he called up and uh, called up a friend of mine that was we had a mutual friend, a pastor, and the pastor said, "Hey, so and so wants to meet with you because he believes, you know, as brothers in Christ, that you all have an honest disagreement. And he wants to have a discussion with you about it." Well, he's a car dealer and he sells car leases, and I said, "Well, yeah, I'll be happy to meet with him, but the net result of the conversation when we're done is." He's going to go back to the office and lease cars, and I'm going to turn on a micro turn on a microphone and say, "If you lease cars, you're stupid." And we both love Jesus, and but I'm not. He's not. I'm not going to talk him into not leasing cars, and he's not going to present any information as much as I know about the subject that's going to make me suddenly believe leasing cars is a good idea. But I did. This was early in my career. Out of an effort of spirituality, I thought, well, I'll sit down with my brother and we'll try to talk. That was a complete waste of air. It's a complete waste of air because there was nothing was going to change as a result of the conversation. And we did manage to get out of it being kind and nice to each other and agreeing that we're not ever going to agree and that, you know, he's, you know, but, but he didn't go back and go, I'm going to quit leasing cars. Your little duber wealth manager is not going to quit using his credit card, no matter what you say. So just quit having the conversation is the point. It's useless. I have I answer questions for people that ask them, not for people who don't ask them. That's become a life-changing bit of wisdom for me over the last few years. I only answer questions that I'm asked. Yeah. And so my friend the other day leased a car, came over to my house to show me his new car. It's a fabulous car, by the way. Oh, God, it's a great car. But he didn't come over there for me to teach him about car leases. He'd already made his decision. So I, he didn't say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. He didn't do that. He just brought his stupid car over, and I love his car, and I love him, and 
and he's an idiot for the way he bought it. But the car is amazing and I love him and that's great. And you know, we've all got a friend that's not smart and I got one too, you know? And so it, but he's got a great car for a little while while he rents it, but you know, that's it. And so, you know, but that you just got to decide what conversations you're going to enter into. And I'm not going to sit and preach at that guy. It does no good. He's got a car sitting there. Why you think he's going to take it back? Cause Dave Ramsey doesn't like it. He's not going to take it back. He didn't ask my opinion. He just asked my opinion that I like the color. I do. It's a beautiful car. There you go. And you might go buy it after he pays for all the depreciation. Off the lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not that one, but it's a good car. It's a, it was a fun conversation, but yeah, the, the, I, 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 you know, it's like my cousin's a, mine's not, but I have had, had this question over the years. My cousin's a whole life agent and he sold me the whole life policy. Well, you're not going to talk your cousin into the idea that whole life is sucks. It does suck. It's a horrible product, but you're not going to talk a whole life agent into that fact because he'd have to quit his job if he had integrity. And so this is a big conversation. You're not going to talk him out of it, but you can just explain to him. I'm no longer owning the policy because that's my territory. I get to make decisions inside that fence and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to play anymore. Well, you know, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Because you're not going to talk him out of it, and he's not going to talk you into it if you're smart. Right. Yeah. It's walking away. Walk away. Yeah. Walk away. You can't teach you to vote the right way. We're not going to talk about politics. <laughs> it's just, you know, I can't, there's no reason to argue. You know, Trump's crazy. Biden can't finish a sentence. You know, Trump Trump's the problem. He probably caused Biden not to be able to finish a sentence. And so, you know, my God, they're just all evil. And they're all oh, the whole thing. Well, their combined age is 156. There's part of the problem. But yeah. Oh, my God. But, you know, the, the un, you know, but you, you, you people that fall on one side or the other, there is no you just caused about 114 wrecks in the United States of America. Just then. <laughs> well, add it up. If these two dubers run for president, I mean, we're going to have to have a it's going to be sponsored by Insure. It's going to be first sponsored by what's the diaper? The adult <laughs> diapers? Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Nursing home commercials everywhere. This is the Ramsey show. Thank you for joining us America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Well, the stock market's been up. The stock market's been down. If you look back 12 months ago, it's about where it was. But a lot of people say stuff like, I've lost all my money. No, I mean, it's, it's gone up and gone down and went up again and then went back down again. And it's really sitting about where it was 12 months ago. Dave, I had that moment. I walked through where the TVs are on with the ticker underneath it. After all the drama of the last few months, I looked like that's exactly where it was the last time I looked. Yep. Yep. Uh, here's the facts. If you invest $200 a month from age 25 to age 65, you would have about $2 million at retirement. That's not too good to be true. That's based on the long-term average rate of return of the S and P. So, you know, if you make 12% on your money, hundred bucks a month from age 25 to age 65 is $1,176,000, hundred bucks a month. So a huge predictor of investing is not the rate of return whether you become wealthy in investing the number one predictor is that you actually invest no way (laughs) (laughs) we landed on the moon there's a lot of people talk a lot about investing and have a lot of theories about investing and they just don't do it 
They talk about it. And they talk, well, Ramsey does this and says, shouldn't say that and have an opinion. And meanwhile, I'm just plunking money away, plunking money away, plunking money away. And a huge predictor is that you actually invest. So you should get a pro in your corner to find someone who can help you with your investing with mutual funds. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash SmartVestor. We will connect you with a SmartVestor Pro in your area. They don't work for us, but these are people that follow the stuff that we teach, and they're in the investment world. And most of all, they have the heart of a teacher. And when you click on SmartVestor, Pro at RamseySolutions.com. It will drop down a list of the SmartVestor Pros in your area. You can interview all of them and select the one you like best. That's a pretty cool thing. And uh, get somebody in your corner that teaches you, not pressures you. When you meet with an investment professional, if you smell salesman, run. If you smell teacher, lean in and learn. And you're ready and you'll end up buying there and that's fine, but you need to know what you're putting money into. Don't do it because I said to don't do it because they said to do it because you understand it. It's a good investment. Smart vesters at RamseySolutions.com slash smart vester. All right. Sully is in Raleigh. Hi, Sully. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can I help? I was going to ask you about, um, the Roth. IRA and uh, 401k. I'm not a big believer in it. Um, I just don't know. I've been always afraid of it because we haven't had like a, a great depression in a long time or, you know, the economy just goes down. So I've always been thinking, you know, if I invest my money in it, um, there's going to come a time where the economy is just going to collapse and I'm just going to lose all my money. So I, I have put, tried it a couple of times, like, Right now, I have like 1600 but I don't know if I should get back into it. Okay. No, you should not get back into it if you believe it's going to collapse. That would be weird. Right? Yeah. The only way you would get mm-hmm. back into it is if you got new information that changed your mind about your conclusion. I personally think mm-hmm. your conclusion is wrong. Thus, mm-hmm. I invest because I think the economy is going to go up over time it does go up and down we were just talking about that but overall the economy has grown 11.2 percent the s&p has gone up 11.2 percent which is the average of the stock market by the way 11.2 percent a year average for over 85 years that includes the great depression by the way that's the average Um, do you think um like I'm looking at it, like I'm currently just buying, like I bought my house. Oh, you bought a house. Wait, 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 wait. There's no guarantee with that house. Why were you comfortable with that house? Um, I'm, I'm actually renting it. I've been renting it for a year and a half now and I'm making like double the mortgage. But you bought it. You're renting it or buying it? He he rented it out and he he bought it as a a landlord. You're a landlord. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay. But, I mean, you bought this house, and it doesn't have a guarantee it's going to go up. What made you comfortable that it was a good investment? Because uh, I, I saw the potential in it, and I saw that I can actually rent it. So I'm current, uh, my mortgage at 619 but I'm actually renting it at 1300 and I'm making good money. Even though I'm not taking any profit, I'm still trying to pay off the loan. So what uh, happens when COVID happens again, and the government says you cannot evict anybody? 
who chooses not to pay for 18 to 24 months. Well, that's a big hit. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the other day, remember? Do you think it's going to happen again? Like, is there a possibility? (laughs) See, here's what we're doing. Hey, here's the thing, Sully. That's, you know, the weird thing is, is you got all this positive and optimistic view of what real estate's going to do, and simultaneously you're convinced the stock market's going to crash. And, um, but real estate, you do have a correct view of it, not necessarily about your renter, but you look back and you say, gosh, uh, you know, for the last 30 years, real estate's gone up. Real estate's generally been a good investment. And if you look at the math on how much it's gone up in your area, you bought a house in an area that was stable and had a good potential to go up based on things that were happening around it. You looked at the facts and the history and based on that, you chose to buy a piece of real estate because you felt good about its future because its history was good. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, right after I bought it, after three months, the value of my house went up 30000 So I'm already... Yeah, but like, you missed the point. Yeah. yeah. How old are you? I'm, I'm 22. Okay. Well... Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, Solly. You need to study the stock market, it has a similar track record of going up in value over a long period of time to real estate. Both have excellent histories of making people money. And so you have a poor man's view of the stock market and a rich man's view of the real estate market. You also have what I'm going to call a delusional view, and I want you to learn this at 22, man. And I'm telling you from a guy that screwed this up. You just said, I've already made my this much money on my investment in this property because it has been evaluated at a $30,000 increase. That's not real money until you sell this house. If you sell it tomorrow, you made $30,000. If you didn't sell it, you hadn't made anything yet. And so when it goes up or when it goes down, it's not real money and it's not real loss until you cash out and sell it. My house has gone up considerably because I'm in Nashville. Nashville went bananas the last few months. That's not real money until I choose to sell it. And so I don't count that money. I don't consider myself super... Like, it's not real money, man. So, like Dave said, you're choosing what you want to look at positively and negatively. you got to look at all the facts across the picture, man. You can't just pick and choose. Or you're going to bounce from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, and you're going to be the guy with a basement full of beanie babies and no money. Which, Sully, if you look it up in history, there were, about the time you were born, there was a bunch of people buying Beanie Babies and thought they were an actual investment. Now my grandkids play with them and the dog chews on them and that kind of stuff. So, uh, hey, you know, I, Warren Buffett most famously said, you know, someone came up to him during the 2008 when the stock market went way down. They said, Mr. Buffett, you know, you lost $10 million today on your portfolio. He said, I didn't lose anything and sell it it went down in value but i didn't sell it it'll come back up and then you'll say mr buffett i mean you made money no it's just where it just went up and down i until i sell it i haven't locked in the losses or the gains and so you gotta keep that in mind folks it's it's just it's it's on paper until then and it ain't green paper this is the ramsey show
Our scripture of the day, Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Viktor Frankl said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Caitlin is with us. Caitlin, Caitlin is in Seattle. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Good. How can we help? Uh, my question is, my husband and I are trying to decide how much to spend when buying a house with cash. Um, he is self, my husband is self-employed. Um, he's in the graphic design business and, you know, with possible recessions coming up or, and there's, you know, with AI, AI impacting possible future business, we're just kind of, our, our income is always sort of uncertain. So we always stick with the budget. We always save everything we can. Um, Love it. But we are wanting to buy a house with cash. We're, we're renting. We've been renting for a long time. So how much and cash do you have? Of course. We have um, $1,070,000. 180 of it is in an I, a SEP IRA. Okay. Well, 180 of it's not accessible then. How old are you guys? Right, right. We are almost 50. Both of us are 49. Okay. So you have 800K. And how much do you have in your other investments? Not counting that. So we only have, um, right now, the, the 180s in the SEP, and then total a million and 70,000, like that's including that. And that's in the bank right now because we're about to buy a house. We wanted to make sure it was accessible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever we so do. That's your entire we'll net worth. Yeah. Is 1 million 70, of which 180 is in the SEP. You yep. don't have any other wealth because you don't own a property now. Correct. And what's your household income now? Right now, our income, again, is self-employed, so it varies. But um, 2020, we made 400 or so. What are you thinking of spending on this house? Um, well, being that we're in this area, and that's kind of one of my the big parts of my question, Um 700000 would be a good deal for a house here. Um, mm-hmm. And we're trying to decide if it's absolutely crazy. We, we're going to try to shoot for 600 or something like that. It's just yeah. hit and miss trying to find that. Yeah, I mean, but you do have two reasonable pieces of data that are pulling at each other on this. One is Seattle is an expensive market and 700000 is not a palace. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's right. a reasonable right. mid market house, right? A little bit above mid market. Right. Um, then the other piece of data is 700 is also almost all your money. Right. And that feels nervous. Right. So, yes, it does. Um, what would Dave and Sharon Ramsey do in your situation? We would probably buy something in the 500 range, making 400 with a plan to move again in three to five years and move up with more cash. Okay. But I don't want I, okay. I, the idea that I've got 80% of my entire net worth at, at with a million dollar net worth tied up in a single house that produces absolutely mm-hmm. no income does not sound fun to me. That sounds high. Right. And so the 700, yeah, the yeah. 700 makes me nervous. It doesn't make me panic because you make 400. And so the next year you probably will bank a couple of hundred, right? 
Yeah, this year so far, um, we're already at 175000 Yeah, I mean, if you and do that year, every year, pretty quick. So. so let's say you bought something for 500 It's not what you want, mm-hmm. okay? But three years from mm-hmm. now, you could add 600 to it and go buy a million yeah, right. one pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And it will have gone right. up in value in Seattle, yeah. Assuming you don't get right. in an inner right. city area where your crime is so heavy. And, you know, anarchists <laughs> yeah, yeah. are bl- blasting out your windows or something. But, I mean, if you get a reasonably solid neighborhood, a protected neighborhood, you'll do fine there. Seattle's a great market in terms of real estate. And so, yeah. And yeah. as for the other AI is going to disrupt everything and all the, everything's coming down, you can take two tracks on that, man. You can continue just to consume and consume and consume media and lose your mind because, again, their goal isn't to tell you the truth. Their goal is to get you to click on stuff. Or... You can do like me and a couple of teammates did yesterday. We went and sat with the smartest guy I've ever talked to in my life, the data analyst here, and he taught us about how it works and how what way the way it's moving. And we're just trying to be informed about it, right? And so I can get more data on it, I can get more facts on it, and I can also choose to just follow principles until I know otherwise. But just choosing to sit in a circle and panic, and again, day that makes me hyper nervous. You're more stable than I am, but man, putting my entire nest egg in a house like that makes me. Whew. Yeah, I think I'd keep it down in the 500 range, like I said, and then let's plan with a plan to move up. In three Would you to take five that years. other 500 or the other three, two or 300 and put it in a mutual fund, mutual fund ASAP? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then, I, and, and then, and then I would add to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, when she's sitting there with a $2 million net worth and a million of it's in a house at the next move, right. I feel fine about that. Right. And now we're getting into a pretty nice property. And if you're self-employed entrepreneurs and you're making four or $500,000 a year, don't forget that you have proven to yourself that you can figure stuff out. and Including AI. Incl- whatever's coming down the pipe, man. Yeah. We're so quick to forget our skill set outside of, I'm just locked into this thing. No, you're, you're that well, good. The first time you see that thing function... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrifying. It takes your breath away. It's terrifying. As to what it'll be able to do. Who terrifying. It'll, how many jobs it'll be able to replace. Instantly, and just, right? And as long as <laughs> these people strutting around acting like they're worth something an hour, all of a sudden, oh. nope. Gone. Nope. Gone. Poof. Gone. Gone. Poof. No question about it. But on the other hand, there's going to be some ways that smart people are able to use that and make the first fortune they ever made in their life. Correct. And ethically mm-hmm. use it. Not, and there's a lot of unethical things that can be done with it that'll curl your hair too. So it's going to be a really interesting landscape mm-hmm. next 14, 18 months. Um, but what happens first in these type of things, by the way, is the crooks come out. Absolutely. First, plan, first, first thing you see. And we're already seeing some of the uh, piracy things they're able to do with it. It's pretty amazing. So, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson wrote a, a fascinating piece the other day about he – he's he's betting on this is the end of the end of the internet because it's going to be so filled so fast with so much garbage just like huh. our friend who we all know that just won't shut up you just couldn't invite him to the party and that there will be some sort of pushed back to well, twitter trusted people now, twitter That's it, right. it devolved into a sewage discussion right. to where it was of no value anymore and, and if computers are just thinking people have all left twitter bidding stuff out all over the place yeah. all the time it's just gonna i'm just gonna go talk to dave because i trust that guy you know yeah, what? I mean, it, it may uh, it may revitalize stuff like this talk show where people actually get to talk to humans. Right. Yeah. A lot like this show needs to be revitalized. It's doing fine. Thank you very much. And and I will say this: with some of the the voice capture technology, you might be able to host this show for another couple of hundred years. It's fantastic. 
you know what that that in and of itself is really scary (laughs) (laughs) yeah the hologram yeah here we go nah it's this is fun Uh, you're gonna be fine caitlin uh you guys are smart people dumb people don't make 400k smart people know Uh, i know a couple yeah i know a couple yeah i I do too but in general (laughs) in general um not not and you know you know how to figure stuff out you know how to navigate markets and your husband does and the creative world and i think you're going to be great so but i would not put 80 percent, 90 percent of my one million dollar net worth into a single family personal residence let me tell you let me say this dave and this is something that came up in some of the research articles i read um, working on a new book i believe with all my heart when you're about to do something that your body knows is not a good idea it will begin to cascade that stress and anxiety through your body. You'll start to find, see fear Mm -hmm. everywhere. And so when you start thinking it's all coming down, it's all, that's your body trying to get your attention that what you are doing and what you're about to do probably is not a wise idea. Yeah, There you go. Or you're on thin ice and you don't even know it. So let's get some wisdom. Good stuff. Good show today. Austin, Ben, James, Zach, and Andrew, and Dr. John Deloney. I am Dave Ramsey, your host. That puts this hour in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.